What's up, everybody? Welcome to the last episode of 2020. Not the last episode ever. No, not gonna do that. We're gonna, we're gonna, gonna give you another episode and tons more in 2021. We're so glad you guys and girls could join us for this last episode. Uh, big cheers to all of you for joining us. We had a year, and uh, man. Tonight's episode is going to be awesome, but before we get into that, we just want to give you a quick reminder to check out our sponsors. Check out Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Check out Choke Aloha, and check out Giraffe Choke. We got all the links in the description below. Plus some promo codes where you can get anywhere from 10 to 20% off all the gear from our sponsors only with our promo codes. I'm going to tweak my shirt for that and do my do my David Letterman pentas and all that stuff. Check out our sponsors. They're awesome. Chocoloha has been a supporter of the podcast since day one. And we love working with companies like Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. and Giraffe Choke, who are always down to have our back and always posting up all the positivity for the Jiu-Jitsu community. Now, before we get going, I do want to say big thank you to all of you have uh, that have joined us on the Twitch channel and the live gaming streaming. Um, the one we did the other day with fate versus fate was a blast playing Warzone. Hopefully we can get Sean to join in this weekend. Um, he missed out. We had a freaking blast. Um, if you haven't had a chance to do so, all you got to do is follow us on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash jujitsu radio. And if you want to check out the Twitch channel, it's just twitch.tv slash katajitsu. Uh, I'm on there most of the time because Sean has to work a lot more than I do. Um, that's why he gets paid a lot more than I do. So make sure you check it out. Don't forget to go to jujitsuradio.com. And as always, follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ. You can follow me at Sonder Marketing, or you can follow us both simultaneously, the podcast at Jujitsu Radio on Instagram. Now, I you were going to say we had a partner page, like a OnlyFans. <laughs> listen so today um we have a special guest um this young man reached out to us he had a uh, a very unique story that he wanted to share with us and we were really intrigued by it so we're glad to have him on here um we try to inspire people um but we're nobodies. But this uh, this man uh, has a very unique story that I think is actually going to touch a lot of you, uh, and it's going to inspire uh, even more. So, so I can't give any any real in depth uh, introduction to the guy. He's just an awesome dude, and uh, we're super thankful that he reached out and he wanted to come onto the podcast and share his story. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Pluto. Episode of Jiu Jitsu Radio. Today we have a special guest straight from Colorado. This man reached out to us because he had a very special story to tell us, and we're down to hear it. So, without any further ado, Mike Pluto. Mike. Hey, how's it going? Mike Pluto here. Welcome um, to the podcast. So, hold on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, man. Thanks for reaching out. So, yeah, I know you spoke a little bit more to Sean than to me, and so sure. I'm just kind of curious. Give me your background. How long have you been training Jiu Jitsu? Like, you know, what's uh, what's your deal, bro? So I'm 35. Uh, I've been training since uh, September 2017. 
Um, I started in Littleton, Colorado um, under uh, Kaiki uh, Elias Black Belt. Um, trained there for about three and a half years. And then uh, once COVID hit in March of this year, holy cow, it's already the end of 2020. Right. Um, I, I decided because of what was going on and the, the rifts it was causing within people, uh, the jiu-jitsu community, I, I said, you know what, I've got I've to bow out of this academy. So um, due to that, I'm actually gymless, but that's not for long. It's just that um, I don't know uh, about you guys, but restrictions right now for Colorado gyms is, is pretty stringent. So um, I plan to go to a, uh, a Hibero school uh, once um, restrictions lift. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm training intermittently, but uh, I've been at it. I'm a two-stripe blue belt, been at it about three and a half years, and um, I just love it. I mean, it's it's it should be essential, you know, it should be essential, open and, and active, but, um, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I hope, hope that answers your yeah, question. No, that's pretty good. So we got a blue belch. We got a blue belch on deck. <laughs> so, um, do you, there's, you actually have a different approach to jujitsu, uh, because of, uh, you have some limitations, yes. uh, or some challenges. Can you kind of give us more info on that? Sure. Yeah. I was born, um, I'm 35 now. I uh, was born three months prematurely. So, um, quick overview of that. I was 2.2 pounds at birth. Wow. I had epilepsy from birth until I was 15. Um, and then, uh, from 15 on, I've been epilepsy less, I guess, or without seizures. Um, and from, from 2008 to 2019, I've had probably 30 procedures on me correctively wow. for various things. So, um, when, when you said, uh, I have a different approach to jiu-jitsu, I started at 270 pounds with no, um, no real flexibility, uh, experience or, or, uh, body mobility, uh, experience with anything like jujitsu. I've done Taekwondo before, you know, when I was a child or a teenager, but I mean, as we both know, that's jujitsu is a whole other animal in right. of itself. So, uh, does that under, does that answer your question or yeah 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 some... so how much are you weighing now i uh, corona uh probably about 235 but uh my mobility and my muscle memory is a lot better so jokes aside uh yeah. i don't let the, the the number on the scale kind of inhibit me from crushing my opponents um so that's, yeah no that's awesome man yeah so well, well hold on real quick mike before before we move forward what made you what made you decide to, so you were 33 when you started. I was 33 when I started yeah. as well. What made you start jujitsu? What was there a. Yeah, there's a, that's, a, that's a, that's a long convoluted um, story. I'll try to be brief. So I'm originally from Southern Maine. Uh, Portland, Maine is where I went to high school and I was working at a pub when I was in college. I was working at an Irish pub in Portland and um my friends were bartenders and they said, yeah, man, we collect tattoos and, and we train jujitsu. And they said, Oh, cool. Jujitsu, man. I've always wanted to do it. So they said, yeah, we trained with this guy named Jay Jack. Like you should check him out. I said, okay, cool. So long story short, I, I called Jay and I, I made an appointment in Portland to talk to him. Went in, he's, he's all, he's like you and I, I mean, he's covered in tattoos and, and uh, turns out he's a mall Easton's black uh, first black belt ever. Yeah. So he came up with, um, Elliot Marshall and and all those guys and so Jay's best friend was a wheelchair bound kid with cerebral palsy that used to shit talk 
all the the popular kids in school and so these jocks and whatever else cheerleaders would just you know be really hurt when he would talk shit and jay would just be the bouncer so fast forward into i I got you got to respect that by the way (laughs) oh hell yeah man like it's just that's one of the things right that we'll get into later but like when you're impaired people have all these assumptions or like if you're a big guy they have assumptions or small guy whatever it could you could go on and on but like so anyway um i said man i really want to learn this and jump to 2017 I, I made friends with a guy named joey bozik of the we defy foundation who's a triple amputee and he says you need to find this guy steve um in littleton colorado he's a he's a hell of a guy and so i started at 270 pounds with steve in littleton and i just just fell in love with it man i, I could barely walk uh after my first lesson uh, and that was just doing shrimping or granby rolls or falls but um i just stuck with it i said you know what from that story time with Jay and my experience in, in uh, New England to moving to Colorado, that's, you know, this is something I, I don't plan on quitting ever. So that's does awesome. that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you do a lot of stuff with the, the We Defy Foundation? Uh, so I'm friends with uh, Alan Shabaro and Joey Bozik, the, um, uh, the two guys that run that whole thing. I've, I've gone actually to McKinney and, and trained with them directly. Um, I'm not an ambassador for them. I just support what they're about. I'm not a military veteran, right. but um, having an, an impairment, it's kind of given me a, uh, an open door, an open invitation to veterans groups and that sort of thing. Because um, how do I explain this? When you have an impairment, um, people with, with different challenges, mostly physical in this case, they're like, oh man, they don't look at me and say, holy cow, like, wow, you're really messed up. They look at me and say like, what the hell happened to you? And it's kind of like this tongue in cheek, like sick sort of sense of humor, but it's an open door policy with, with fellow impaired individuals, whether that's from military service or, or birth. So, um, so you say you, um, we haven't gone into it yet, but you, you say you're an impaired jujitsu practitioner. What is your impairment? I have cerebral palsy. So um, with being epileptic for the first 15 years of my life, I um, have what's called a left-sided hemiparesis. So basically the left side of my body, if you were to split me down the middle, everything from the left um, top to bottom is, is weaker. So this is, this is my left hand. I don't know if you can see that very well. But, uh, you know, it's kind of not deformed, but it just doesn't, the fingers don't articulate like, like a normal hand does. So um, basically what that translates to in jujitsu is I can push, I can pull um, with the whole arm, but I don't have this ability, the Mm -hmm. dexterity ability with my fingertips. Um, And in my leg, I don't have what they call dorsiflexion. So if this is your foot, um, where my wrist is, is the, uh, the ankle. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. So when I shrimp and when I roll and and when I um, even tapping like in certain um, roles, I have to like slap my whole leg or my whole foot onto the mat to signify a tap. Because especially uh, in my experience, I I get tied up like a pretzel quite a bit. Um, So does that answer your question? Do you need further explanation? Yeah, listen, if if it doesn't, we'll just keep on asking questions. You're good. Okay, cool. um, when you first started jujitsu, mm-hmm. 
what I mean, obviously the the thing the challenge the things that you find challenging are things that people would just normally not think about. So right. when you first started, what was your your first like thought as far as like, oh, okay, like I gotta be careful for this, I gotta be careful for that? Like what was going through your head? Um, can I hang? Honestly, right. like broad terms, can I hang with these guys? I mean, you, you look around a mat and everybody claims to have a mat full of killers, but like when you straight up, there's a difference between somebody who thinks they're a, a mat killer and then there's there's the legit brown belts, purple belts, and black belts. The difference between the people that think they're a badass and the real badasses is the, the real badasses are quiet, they're very helpful, they're very humorous, and they, they make it fun for you. Whereas the people that have the ego on uh, the ego involved or they're, they're full of themselves. Cause, Oh, I'm a, I'm a white belt or a blue belt and I've been at it for you know 16 weeks, whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. But um, there's a double-edged sword with that on, on one hand with the new people that think they're badass, they're really not. And they're the most dangerous because they don't have control and they don't understand what they're doing. On the flip side, the real badass is the quiet professionals, I'll say, um, the higher belts, uh, purples and, and browns and blacks, they're so much more fun because they'll, it's like a gas pedal, right? So they'll flex, they'll go faster or slower depending on what I present them. Right. So um, in that regard, I've learned to be more selective with my training partners and I've learned to really embrace the punishment from higher belts because it's controlled. And if I get into a position where I can't tap and I have to, you know, bam, slap my foot on the mat a, a couple times to, to signify a tap, I, I have the peace of mind knowing that a higher belted individual um, by and large will accommodate to that and, and stop immediately. Whereas the newer, you know, somewhat inflated individuals have no idea what that is. Right. Does that, does yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you find yourself that um, that you kind of have to explain that to like the the newer people or the people a lot? Because I I know that I mean Sean and I have rolled with people plenty of times with different mm -hmm. impairments, and it's never like I've never been the kind of person to just smash somebody like randomly. And I sure. also know that I'm like I treat them as like I would roll with anybody else because I know they're sure. just as dangerous. But for a lot of people, they don't have that presence of mind of understanding what the situation is sure they might not even want to roll with you so there's has there been situations where you got to be like hey you can roll with me just like anybody else just look out for this i i definitely do that as a rule of thumb uh especially with new uh gyms or new training partners um sometimes i find myself with intermittent training um with people that are white belts and, and that's legitimately there's a there's a four stripe brown belt teaching and and literally there's a there's one other brown belt but he's working with you know a, a white belt and the only person I have to train with is is a white belt so yes I have to be more cognizant of saying look this is what's going on but that's less that's led me to some frustration for sure yeah um with with regular training partners and things um, at different gyms, you, you know, Colorado is a small jujitsu community, despite there being lots of schools. Like, um, I, I describe 
jujitsu and the community of jujitsu to people that are non-practitioners as a, as a giant family. Like mm-hmm. once you get to know the people in your community, I may have not known XYZ individual from this camp or this camp or this camp, but at least we, you know, in five to 10 minutes of just speaking before we get training, we find ourselves knowing the same people. Um, so kind of gotten on a tangent there, but yeah. uh, it's a conversation, Mike. So it doesn't, you can go off on it. And we can start it's my first, about, it's my first po- podcast, right? Like, we can go off on underwear and comic books. Next thing you never know. Right, cool. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I do find myself having to explain my limitations. Um, the nice thing is I can at least find at least one person that I don't need to explain to, because I can, I, I can't tell you how many doctors and surgeons and lawyers I've, I've rolled with in jujitsu where it's like, Hey, I've got this thing going on. Um, if I get caught or if I get uh, belly down, for example, um, and I, my, you know, I get pretzeled up like this or whatever, I, I can't tap. So a lot of times I'll try to, you know, finagle, I'll, I'll look like a worm and I'll finagle my, my head up or my mouth free enough to say tap to, <laughs> to kind of clear the, uh, the space. So. You find a way to tap. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, if I could, if I could impart anything, I would say to people, uh, at all gyms, um, please, uh, if you're an instructor or you do some privates or both, please impart the importance of various tapping methods, because that's something, um, back to your point of like, do you find I have to explain something like that's something I really need to harp on the more years I spend training, because sometimes when you slap a foot on the mat, you could be bridging left or right or whatever or, or rolling but if if you don't explain that there are different methods methods of tapping safety your, your personal safety and physical um safety is is potentially at risk and that's happened to me a few times i i broke uh this finger twice mm. um i had it fused march 1st of 2019 and then march of this year I rebroke it doing jujitsu and it was in a controlled environment with a high level black belt. And I was doing a takedown from standing kind of a bear hug type deal with my hands. They were kind of like this behind the back. And I was tripping with my left leg behind the right foot of my opponent. And I felt backwards. My hand hit the mat, his back hit my hand, my belly hit his belly, so on and so forth. And so injuries are just part of the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, you want to do your best to avoid them for sure. Exactly, exactly. So, do you? Um, I'm trying to think of like how how to ask you. Do you have just ask it? Like besides <laughs> that, besides like that, like if you could sit there and tell anybody like what they should do. Let's say like I'm brand new, sure, white belt. I come in, and there is a student that might have some sort of impairment. Like, what would your number one piece of advice be? to that new person that's gonna roll with with the person that's impaired? Um, two things, it's gonna suck for both the impaired and the unimpaired, uh, just because it's, this is not a, uh, an art for, for weak people. Um, and just don't quit, just don't quit. Like make peace with the fact you're gonna hurt. Make peace, make peace with the fact it's gonna be a hard road. But the reward is just so great, I mean, I don't know what your guys' ranks are in, in your respective academies or if you guys train together, but like, you know, every time you get a stripe, um, 
for, for people who don't train, like one stripe is how many hundreds of repetitions, mm. how many hundreds of bruises and, and aches and pains and, and pain have you gone through to achieve that? And that's what makes this art so wonderful is like, there's so much effort and, and blood, sweat and tears, not to be cliche, uh, that go into this. Do you, have, do you have like a specific memory of that first, first feeling of like, Hey, I can fucking do this. Um, yes. I remember, um, a time where I was rolling. I can't remember if I was a white belt still, or if I'd just been promoted to blue belt, but I remember going into it, my first fight to win tournament, not a, not a pro, but a I, I don't know what they do for you guys, but we had a tournament. They would have a tournament and then after the pro fight. So they'd have a pro fight like on a Friday and then a Saturday morning, it would be like a open tournament. And I remember entering one of the first tournaments and I just, I was like, man, like, this is legit. Like I'm going up against, you know, a normal person. And they looked at me and the, the, the ref, this happened to me a couple times. I've, I've competed two or three times, but I took a long period in between. But I remember the ref looking at me and saying like, man, like, I really, uh, really think this is badass that you're doing this. I said, yeah, man, I, I'm not here to, to be an inspiration. I'm just, I'm just a guy doing a jujitsu. It's like, let's, let's get after it. Yeah. And I just had that feeling of like, this doesn't discriminate. I don't care how big and or small or strong or weak you are. Like you can figure this out. Yeah. And I know we've seen it like plenty of times. There was the guy, uh, I want to say, Sean, did he, does he train with Hanato Tavares up uh, in Vero? He was uh, the guy in the wheelchair or the, or no, the, guy, the guy with the, uh, one, the one leg, the guy that was missing one leg, with a, a Marine. <clears throat> and we, I remember sitting there and it's like, oh man, this guy's like got one leg. He's coming in. And then like, you know, people are going to sit there and say like, well, we know which side you're going to pass on. Like wrong. Right. No one got yeah. that side where he was missing the leg. And like the dude right. was a total beast. He like gutted it out all like the way through. And even sure. one time we had uh I know you met him, uh Sean. We had a guy come in to excel that mm -hmm. um I, I wanna say he was uh he was paralyzed from like the hips mm -hmm. down, like and I rolled with him and he was like he started to give me the like the speech, like you know, saying like, Hey, you know, I'm like, hey. I don't even give a shit about your legs, man. Like, it's like, I get it. I'm not going to be stupid, but I'm not going to treat you any different. And like, sure. he was super strong. I had to be super careful. Like, I don't yeah. care like what you're missing, but sure. you know, I, I, like we said, it's, yeah, you have to give that speech. Like it's one of those things where like you have to, that's the part of that hurt road that you have to go through that we don't have to go through. Sure. Um, it's funny. You mentioned Hanano Tavares because um, my buddy Michael South is a uh, owner of a jiu-jitsu academy in um, Oklahoma City, and he's a black belt under Hanato Tavares. What was his yeah. name? Yeah, um, Michael South is his name. Hanato's got Hanato goes to Oklahoma all the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because he goes to that he goes to that school all the time. Yeah, he's a he has to go I'm visit. To remember if that's the the one of the guys that owned the school that that fourteen year old trained at. Because I remember that guy was a Hanata Tavares black belt. Okay. The 14-year-old was in Texas. He's Texas. Yeah, but it's okay. a black belt under one of Hanato's like black belts. Yeah. Oh, okay. My buddy Marshall Troy is a brown belt under Michael South. 
in Oklahoma City, and they've both told me stories of Hanato, like how freakishly uh, strong his pressure is, or or I should rephrase that to say precise his pressure is, because he's he's what a buck thirty five soaking wet, but. I mean, he could put he could put a, a Mack truck level of pressure in the, you know, in the corner of his of his fingernail, so yeah. to speak, and in, in how precise his his technique is and how freakishly painful that must be. The guy, the guy's an absolute beast. He's what five four, Sean? Yeah. Uh, maybe four. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think he's like five six, but I don't know. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't measure people. Hanato is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. He's like the guy that I was like, I wish I could say like, oh, that's my grandpa. You you want to beat me up? Yeah. Talk to my grandpa. For sure. Dude, he's an absolute killer. An absolute killer. One of the first like videos I ever saw, like I really started like studying jujitsu. One of the mm-hmm. first videos was a an ab training uh, like course. By okay. Hanato. And I still have a bookmark on my YouTube. Look it up, dude. He's got one of the most insane ab workouts ever. He sits there with a 45 pound like disc doing ab curls this way, like sideways up. Then dude, right. he's an absolute beast. I'm like, I want to be like 50 something and abs like that, please. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, um, beast, yeah. man. That's awesome. I, uh, so I, I wanted to touch on uh, the We Defy stuff a little bit because yeah. like Joey ended up reaching out to me and he's the guy that told me to, to find this guy, Steve, in, uh, in Littleton. Mm. And, and Joey's a, a triple amputee. He's a purple belt under um, Alan Shabaro, who's uh, under uh, Chris Hoyter. Alan's a fourth degree black belt. He's mm-hmm. a judo black belt as well. Like this guy looks like the Incredible Hulk in person. I mean, he's just chiseled and like spent a bunch of years in uh, some special units in the army, but nicest guy in the world. And I, I just said, you know what? Heck with this. Like I'm going to go to Oklahoma City and train. I'm going to go to Texas and train. And like I, I was the I realized quite quickly that um, this community of jiu-jitsu is very, very warm and welcoming for the most part. Sometimes you run into shit bags here and there, but every, every sport, every, <laughs> every sort of, um, you know, hobby has, has their shit bags. But, you know, I, I said to Joey after a couple of years of talking to him and telling him my, my stresses here and there. And I says, look, man, I, I want to come down. So I booked a ticket and I flew down and, uh, you know, I stayed at a hotel and just trained. And it was like, now I, now I understand like why this is so addicting. And so I'm just, Every time I get on a mat, man, I'm just so grateful to be in a position of a, um, we're a very small community worldwide, right? Like, I don't know what the percentages are of black belts or whatever in, in the whole population of the world, but like we're doing something that's incredibly hard and with or without impairment, but it's like, it's addicting because every time you you get tapped, you're like, how did that happen? I need to figure this out. So so what's addicting for me with it is, is this uh, problem solving is it gives me sort of calm in the, in the suck of it, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. the harder it gets, the more fun I have because I'm focusing on solving the problem, not acknowledging the stress I have in my life or, or the, the past hardships I've had physically or emotionally or, or what have you. It's, a, it's the great escape because when you're mm-hmm. fighting for your life, Right. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Right. And that's what you're. And, and I, I explained to my guys, I always tell them, I said, look, I say, if you start to, if you start your day with jujitsu, the rest of the day is easy. 
Right. I said, because you are, you literally just fought for your life for 15 minutes with three different dudes. Sure. And, and they go, well, what do you mean? I go, well, cause the fact of the matter is while somebody has a choke on you they're the, and will let it go, mm-hmm. your subconscious does not understand that it right. only understands I am dying right now. I need to find a way out. So that if you do that every morning or you do that in the mornings, the next thing you know, it's just like you become used with, with, with all jujitsu, any, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You become used to that fear of dying. Sure. So when you have that in your life, waking up every day, especially after morning jujitsu, doing the rest of your day, the rest of the day is easy. Sure. Dude, I was just, I was almost dead two hours ago. A guy had me, had me in a, in a bow and arrow. I was almost dead. <laughs> You think it's gonna matter if, if I if I miscount if I miscount, you know, my money at the bank or if I sure. or if I we had you in the bone arrow though. That's uh, that's what I want to know. It's just a, it's nobody got me, dude. Look at my neck. I was you know it's no 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 no. I've seen you get caught in a bone arrow. I'm trying to find out who caught you in a bow and arrow. Too nobody caught me in a bow and arrow. Nobody. So that, I haven't been caught in a bow and arrow in a long time. So and by you- the way, the bow and arrow that you have a photo of was a posed photo and you know it no no no. you posed and they put in the bow and arrow and then you let them get it way too deep well no because i wanted the we wanted the picture let me ask i you, knew let me ask you a question what the bow and arrow in what's that was the bow and arrow yes in? i gave him the position okay it was in what did you tap no yes you tapped no i made a face and your mother said i'm ugly he tapped. He tapped. Tap. Tap. I'm letting you know right now for the record when you see that photo shot. You know what? I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna post it. <laughs> so Mike, you should make it the cover. We can put Mike's Mike's picture and and, and that yeah. on the cover. I'll just I'll just Photoshop Mike's face on top of the person that's like, that's bow and arrowing you. So let me <laughs> ask you, Mike. So you you said you were having some issues and now you're you're gymless until uh, I guess uh, coming up in the next couple of months. Yeah. So what did you take from Cause I mean, I've been in the same situation where I had to leave a gym and I think a, a lot of people get caught up in the, I'm here like forever. This is it. This is my gym. Like I, I got to deal with the bullshit. Like mm-hmm. what are you taking away from this experience of now going into the new gym that you're, that's like your, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. Okay. Um, to try to answer this question, um, you can be PC about it. I know that some people might get their sure. Get it. So one of the things I'm guarded about is the instructor's attitudes. Mm. And so what I mean by that is, if you're having shit go on in your personal life, don't bring that to work. Meaning, don't bring that to the mat. Don't bring that into the sanctuary that is the school. Um, I'm I'm intentionally not telling you where I trained and who I trained with yeah. for. Um, privacy sake, but uh, one of the things I'm, I'm especially cautious of with going to new school is is credentialing. Um, I know we talk a lot about in jiu-jitsu about lineage and this and that, but what sells it for me is, personally, I don't care who you train under. You could tell me you train under, uh, you know, like Hoyler or, or Jean-Jacques or whoever else, but what really counts the most for me is how do you treat me like, and I'm going to put myself a little bit out of the, 
the uh, realm here. Like I'm going to single myself out as being an impaired individual for this explanation. Yeah. Um, I'm not your average kid. Like, okay, I'm 35, but I feel like a kid. I'm not your average man that's coming in like with uh, a sports background or a, you know, a, a boxing champion, MMA champion background, whatever. Like I'm just a guy. I've got a funny arm. I like tattoos. I like guns. Like, I like training how um what methods of training or what methods of approach to training i should say do you bring to me to get the most out of me as a person with an impairment now what i mean by that is i want my jujitsu to work against anyone and everywhere i've got friends who have no like are missing a leg and they do the the sport jujitsu or the para jujitsu um competition and i love and respect that but um, my buddy Joey with We Defy, he's always said to me, like from day one when I met him, he says, your jujitsu should work against anyone. It doesn't matter if you have a funny arm, a funny leg, no arm, no leg, whatever. Like that's the approach I take to jujitsu is, is my jujitsu should go up against you, should go up against Sean, Helson, Hoyler, I don't care, like Jean-Jacques, whoever else. Like my jujitsu should be malleable or um um adaptable adaptable to to any opponent big or small um grandmaster or not you know do you do you ever go back like thinking in your head like maybe you were younger like did you have like struggles of trying to deal with like like your impairment and like just oh yeah having to like oh yeah man oh yeah like what was going on through your head? Cause it's one of those things that to me, it's like, I always look at it as like, we all live in a separate universe. What sure. I deal with is completely deal for, different than what Sean deals with than what you deal with and stuff like that. Uh -huh. So to give us uh, an insight, like of your, you know, your mental emotional struggles that you had to deal with that led you up to get into jujitsu. Well, I can tell you that 10 years ago I was okay. 25 years old, I first moved out of my parents' house. I was in a, a low point in my life. I, I realized like, wow, I've been a pretty weak individual for a long time. Um, and to go further back, um, growing up, like I didn't have self-confidence. I didn't have, uh, you know, I didn't date a lot in college or high school, or I didn't have the prom queen or any of that stuff. Like, it messes with you because kids are cruel. Um, and yes, it's a learned thing. Um, they're, you know, they think it's funny, but it messes you up. And so from like, I'd say like 12, 15 years old to, you know, up until I was 25 years old, like that whole gap of time, I'm getting surgeries, I'm being bullied, I'm, I'm having no self-esteem. But like, I don't know what it was. I, I grew up watching like, the karate kid and, and the ninja turtles and all this stuff and i'm like man this stuff is so cool like you know jocko and 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 uh joe rogan have said on you know that jujitsu is a superpower and so for whatever reason that type of mentality of like superheroes and strength and and empowerment itself has always stuck with me and then finally when i uh, grew up uh, emotionally mentally and got away from all the bullying and stuff and decided like that doesn't need to define me I mean, that's part, those are stages of your life. They don't need to define you. And then I just decided like, let's get healthy. Let's lose some weight. And 
I started first with physical training. And then uh, when I moved to Colorado in 2012, I ended up picking up jujitsu. Um, that's awesome, man. I mean, thanks. The, thanks. the good news is I think if you were to run into those people today, sure. uh, they, they've matured and I'm sure some of them would, some of them would offer apology, you know, apologies. Um, yeah. But, but it's, it, it is weird how kids, in order to fit in, will break others down in order to avoid the eye of scrutiny on themselves. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and it, 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 I it, it's hard. What's Jeez. that? I was bullied bad. Like, I mean, up until even like halfway through, through high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was the, the foreign kid, like all in middle school, switching schools and stuff. I would get in fights all the time. Like, I remember I was taking ESOL classes and stuff, and, like, the teachers would talk to me like I was, like, mentally handicapped or something. Like, sure. no, I just, I'm still trying to learn the language, like, you know. But, like, I totally get it. I mean, it's a totally different perspective. I can't even remotely compare to that. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, the bullying is is one of those things that's kind of crazy. And, you know, what's funny is with the, like, doing more of the streaming that I've been doing with, like, Twitch and stuff like that and getting to talk to to more people – like yeah. you hear all the chatter and stuff that's going on. And especially like in the, in the Twitch community, mm-hmm. man, the, the gamers now there's, yeah, there's always toxic people, but sure. I've met so many just positive, like helpful, like, su- like supportive people. Mm-hmm. Like then I've met maybe in the last like 10 years, in the last six months of like streaming and stuff, I met more sure. positive and supportive people in gaming than and easy like most of my life it's pretty crazy to see so like i think there is a shift of some people are getting better and killers kids are going to be kids and going to be mean but i -hmm. think it's one of those things that the light is kind of shining more and more and a lot of kids are maturing a lot faster where they're like seeing that so like it's pretty cool to to see well it's yeah and it's no longer cool kids are kids are kids are stopping that when they see it now yeah sure like and 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 it, it that's that's one of those good things about the advancement of our you know of our society is those those kids are actually starting to where kids are actually empathize with people nowadays sure have you sure. ever have you ever had like to have like a conversation like maybe like a, a younger like kid or something that might also have like palsy or like some other impairment where you had to kind of give them that yeah like, like speech yeah so one of the traditions i have is uh um, every, every time I get to go home to, to Portland, Maine, I, uh, I do a private lesson with Jay Jack. And just because, you know, if, if you guys know Amal Easton, I mean, he's, he's owner and founder of like one of the biggest, you know, uh, Jitsu Academy chains in, in the state of Colorado. And, um, like to know that Jay is, is from that lineage. And, and like, I didn't, know who Amal was when he first told me and I first met him. But uh, anyway, long story short, I had gone back in March, right when coronavirus had hit. And um, my tradition is to every time I go home, I I go try to do a private lesson with Jay. And he's got this very unique way of teaching where it doesn't matter how many years of jujitsu you have, like you're always um, focusing on new sets of minute details that maybe the approach I've had at home here in Colorado, for example, was missed when I did it. So like every time I go work with him, I'm like, he, he's got this very unique way of teaching you some minute details to a, a specific set of technique that you just, it, it sticks with you. And you're like, man, I forget how, it, how I did that. Like, and it just, it really like humbles you to that level of like, wow, this is really complex. 
and this seems simple enough, but then it has this way of like slowly eating at your brain and being like, okay, I've got to really wrap this and wrap it and wrap it. And like, it, it sticks with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, like, but have you had to like- Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah. yeah so, so there's this kid, he says, hey man, like you've got palsy, right? I said, yeah. I said, Jay. Jay says, yeah, Mike, you've got palsy. I said, yeah, I got triple palsy. He says, hey, we got a white belt. His name is, uh, so Jay gives funny nicknames to his kids. And one of the guys he gave a nickname to was named Wobbles. His name is Ethan. Well, it turns out Ethan is from Northern Maine originally. And I'm from Northern Maine originally. I, I went to high school in Southern Maine. Well, Ethan is from a town like 50 to 80 miles from my hometown in far Northern Maine, like up on the Canadian border. And he's a white belt and he's got cerebral palsy. So, so I'm, I'm getting changed um, before my private with Jay. And he looks at me and he's like, he's pointing to my arm. I'm pointing to his. And we have the same exact impairment set, but flipped. Right. So it's his right arm and his right leg and his right side. That's all, you know, funny. And, and one of the pieces of information I gave to Ethan was like, he says, Hey man, he asked me that question. What piece of advice would you give somebody with impairment? I said, I can't give you a piece of advice, Ethan, but I can show you. And so I just started rolling with him and I would just point out different things like learning to post on your forearm. Cause I can't, uh, with my left arm, I can't, uh, plant and, and do like a straight, uh, hand plant with my, my hand. Cause my, my hand is like this. I wear a brace that stiffens up my straightens out my wrist, but mm -hmm. I, I don't have the strength or to the, the explosive power to like pop up on my, my hand. Right. Like right. you traditionally would. So I typically just try to go on the um, elbow or the forearm and then shrimp out usually. Right. Right. So does that. Yeah. Yeah. No. So okay. like, listen, you can, you can share this with them. Wobbles. Listen to me. Keep fucking doing jujitsu, right? Yeah, I told them not to quit. And if you got any issues with someone, someone's giving you shit, you got two Matt and forces here that, that'll come by and, and handle business. So you just let me know. But this one goes out to Wobbles. Keep doing that shit, all right? Don't quit. Yeah, man. It's it's so funny because they were telling me, like, I'm talking like black belts and brown belts at this school, at Jay's school. They were like, I've never, I've, I've never seen a tougher SOB in my life. Like, this kid, like, got you know, choked out, rear naked choked like five times in a row, completely out asleep and everything. And just, okay, what's next? I'm like, that's awesome. yeah, that's, that's the kind of mentality you need when you're, when you're an arm down from everyone else. It's just like, you have a shit talking attitude and, and like, you just kind of get sort of uh, sick twisted with it. Because yeah, it, that's kind of like the, the, like the kind of mentality we have. I think it's one of those things that people don't get about that gym culture. Yeah. If it was like a regular like sure. if it was like a workplace or something like that mm -hmm. and you said oh that's wobbles like man you guys are fucked up like that's the kind of nickname like you give someone yeah well like in the jujitsu gym or like an mma gym like damn that that means you're part of the family if sure. you got that it's like no you're part of the family you're good to go right. yeah so my question to you is when you find out like of guys like John Jock Machado that like had like he has his own impairment and he was like ADCC champ. And what was like your first like just kind of chain of thought the second you found that out? I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. If that guy, if that fucking guy who's who's one of the biggest inspirations 
uh, for me, I, I've ever been, um, been blessed to like discover, like I can do this. Um, and um, I've actually, I've Instagrammed with him directly a few times and, and uh, unfortunately because of COVID or whatever, like I, I don't feel safe going to California right now, but uh, you know, that's one of the things I've, I'm really trying to find with, with my own community here is, it's like, how do I move like that? What, what adjustments do I need to make? So A, I protect my, my hand and my fingers and my arm, um, but I can still do everything else that he can. And I like, basically just need to save up and like do a private with him to really get the nitty gritty. But, but to, to sort of expound on what you said, like, I can do this. I totally can, I can do this. Um, I found out my buddy, Jeffrey Al, who's a black belt at Alpine Jiu Jitsu in San Diego yeah. or near San Diego. The guys, similar situation. They both had ambiotic um, band syndrome, Bones Jean-Jacques and, and Jeff, and they're, they're lights out. They're lights out, man. Like, and they've said this on the, on the podcast. I don't know if you've listened to Jean-Jacques podcast, but like people say, Oh man, like that sucks. He's missing fingers. Like, like imagine if he had his hand or imagine if he had his fingers and they're like, Oh hell no. Imagine if he didn't imagine if he didn't, because then that's a whole level of, of, of refinement of expertise of, of deadliness that is just a result of what you have or what you don't have. Yeah, well, he's talked about it, and and I think a lot of people have analyzed it too. Is that like that's actually was his biggest benefit going into like competition? Is that he mm -hmm. changed his jujitsu to to or modified it to work with you know his challenges and like it would, dude. If he gets you in a rear naked choke or if he's got like even close like a little bit of a grip on the gi, like you're not gonna break it. Like it's there. Right. Like there's nothing there to to get rid of. So you're you're stuck. And that edge is going to hurt. That edge is going to hurt. And he's not going to get in trouble because that that's there. It's not his hand. He's not sure. going to get in trouble for it. Um, I will say for my own unique journey, um, protecting my digits has been a real uh, difficulty. Um, I wear like a um, carpal tunnel splint or whatever, you know, to straighten everything out. Mm -hmm. But the problem is everything for my fingers is, is open and, and exposed. And so like just a simple controlled fall with a black belt, I broke uh, you know, I, I broke the, uh, upper corner of my knuckle yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the year before I broke, like I hyperextended everything. So basically my digit went like, you yeah. know, went down and then boom. Yeah. And so I had, uh, this whole top of my finger fused. And so, yeah, I um, know that one I can definitely share the experience with. Cause I, I snapped this one mm -hmm. as a, as a white belt. So basically I was holding on to pant leg grip. Uh, mm -hmm. against like another white belt and he like kicked out way too hard when we were just drilling and you can ask uh sean you can ask fernando so from here little fernando uh no the fernando from from wellington oh, okay he um so from here like my finger went straight that way so it was okay. like yeah it just snapped like a yeah. carrot yeah it just went completely sideways so this was all the way like this way Wow. inside my hand and i learned a long time ago i've had way too many injuries i learned a long time ago that last second that you look at an injury is the last second you're gonna have before the pain kicks in because yep. if you snap it whatever like you'll feel something but your brain doesn't really click it in and i have a high pain tolerance already so i looked at it, it was like oh shit and i popped it back in 
Oh, no. So I put it back in and I rolled the rest of the night. I had to be careful. I go to find out and I have, I found the x-ray the other day on my phone. Mm-hmm. This snapped like a V. So it was like this and the bone was snapped like that. And I had okay. to set it in place. So I actually couldn't use this. Like I can't even close this finger all the way. Yeah. It was stuck like this for about a year. Mm-hmm. And I, I play guitar. So that's like the worst. Like I <laughs> went to college for jazz guitar. So I've snapped. No let's see. I broke both pinkies. I snapped uh-huh. this one. Like yeah, jujitsu is just hard on digits. Yeah, for, it's so. It's just the sure. like you know. My I used to have I used to have nice looking hands, but now <laughs> let's let's like let's <laughs> no no. I mean, but like look at look at my knuckles. Like every, I mean, it's just it's there. It's just something that unfortunately is a part of the the sport. Anders hand. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not that I was going to be a hand model or anything, sure. but like they were, they weren't all bent and crooked. Listen, that's right. that's your that's your second fans only page, right? First is <laughs> first is armpits. Second is 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 going to be maybe. So listen, so we got some news to go over too. So it's great to have Mike here too because I'm curious to see his uh, his point of view. So all okay. right, right off the bat, so for everyone that's tuning in, this guy has a fight to win uh, match coming up. He finally got on to fight to win. No way. Congratulations. Yeah. So funny enough, he's going up against the same person. And then he goes, and I've gone up against multiple times. Yeah. And he's a good friend too. Cause uh, going against Justin Brunetti uh, out of, he owns Key West uh, or fight sports out of the, uh, in the keys. It's not Key West. It's mm-hmm. uh, he just moved to marathon. I think, I think he's on marathon. But oh, cool, uh, he's a black belt under under cyborg, mm-hmm. and we've competed multiple times. So uh, we we we've been going back and forth over instant message saying, "Man, I wish we could have gotten other people, but we don't want to rock the boat. We we we're finally getting on the on the stage, so we're we're just gonna take what we can get." What about what about you, Mike? You think uh, you think you'd have uh, we could get you on uh, on fight to win? Would you be down for it? Oh fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. But, but I will say this, I will say this. Um, just let me get like at least six months of consistent training under like jokes aside. Cause like, that's a, like it's a serious competition. That's it's- a serious thing. Yeah. And I, I want to do, I want to, I want to respect myself enough to just, I'm not um, Paul Felder, you know, I'm not going to take a fight on a week's notice. Right. Um, I, that guy's got, Mad props to Paul for that. No joke, though. See, but yeah. at some point, too, like Paul Felder's been doing it his whole life. So sure. One week, you're not going to get anything extra. You're not going to learn anything extra, like, you know, right. with an extra eight weeks of training. It's like, sure. he's in shape. You're good to go. That's how you get those calls, man. Like, I mean, Sean's in shape. Mm-hmm. He's been training on and off pretty consistently the last couple of like months, right? Well, yeah, finally, I've, I've gotten to a point where I can. And that's that's been always been like my thing. I got I changed that fight camp mentality out of my head, and it's always been like anywhere, anytime. That's it's, it's be ready to stay ready. Yeah, that's that or or stay ready to be ready. That's 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 the mentality I have my guys at my gym, and sure. and, and if I'm gonna ask them to have that mentality, I need to have that mentality Absolutely. as well. So, would you so have somebody it, that you'd want to go up specifically, Mike? Um, call that time. Let's go. Ooh. Uh, you know, I'd actually like to go up against my buddy Marshall, uh, Troy. He's a brown belt. I mean, but but it would just be fun. You know what I mean? Like, I would. I, I just I want to go for the big the, the big competitors. You know, but uh, but at the same time, like I feel like David and and he's Goliath kind of thing. Like 
even though he's shorter than me and in a higher rank like the thing is like i probably outweigh him by about a buck 50 anyway like i'm i'm a bigger dude but like the thing with all these procedures and all this like physical uh, pain is like i don't look at I don't look at anybody, man. I'll, I'll fight it, whoever. Like, I don't even care. I love it. I love like, it. B- because I just love that challenge. Like, I don't care who you are. Um, mad respect and mad props to whoever. Like, dude, I went crazy before this. So, like, brass tacks, like, complete honesty. Yeah. I was blowing up my Instagram to, like, everybody. I was like, I was like, JT Torres, like, Origin USA, like, yeah. Gordon Ryan, like, Jean-Jacques, like, everybody, man. I was like, yo, I'm going to... I'm making my debut for the world on this podcast. This is crazy, right? Well, JT so, is a good friend of mine. So I'm sure, I'm sure he heard it. I'll make sure to tag him. He's good people. So funny story. You, awesome. you mentioned Cyborg, Sean. Well, Cyborg's um, fiance, Maggie, yeah. started in Portland, Maine under Jay Jack. Yeah. Oh, wow. And yeah. So like, I never knew her when I lived there or anything, but like, as soon as I found out there was that like main connection, it's, I mean, there's, it's a small state. It's a, it's a physically a large state, but the population's relatively small. So like, you know, the community in, in Portland or in Maine relatively easily. So it's like, holy cow, to see her like, you know, rep, rep Maine and rep jujitsu and and cyborg and that whole thing is pretty badass. I mean, Maggie, Maggie is a beast. Maggie. I haven't met her yet. She's real cool. Like, so shout out to Maggie and cyborg. Hold on. So now here's off to the next one. How much did you say you weighed again? 235. So I got news for you. Okay. Somebody new just got their blue belt. Oh, damn. Did you hear about this, Sean? No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I think I have an think I have an idea. Is he it does is he an actor? He is an actor. And he's in um he's let, let me several good movies. Yes. Go Hardy. Uh, Tom Hardy. Hardy just got his blue belt, bro. Tom Hardy. Hell yeah, Tom. Let's do he it, man. Tom Hardy. Let's get it. Let's get it, Tom. Let's do it. Hell yeah. If I'm fun- if you put me back down the blue belt saying like, listen, we're going to bump you down a blue belt, give you Tom Hardy. Let's fucking go. I do it. So, so the weed of five foundations, like mirrored program is called the reorg, yeah. um, reorganization yeah. in England. And I've talked to all those dudes, like Mark, a ramrod. Uh, he's a, he's an amputee dude. He's a, he's a blue belt. Like, those cats like that, that reorg stuff is huge. And, and, it, you know, yeah. mad respect to Tom Hardy for just put out, um, Tom Hardy put out like a, a gi with them too. Uh, I think it's yep. called Giza. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you got to look that up, Sean. It's a pretty dope gi. He's he, Tom Hardy put out a gi. He, uh, he co, I guess, co-signed it, co-signed it. Yeah. He, like he did some designed art, it. artistic things that they were putting on the Giza gi. Yeah. It's pretty dope. I was actually looking at it today. I was thinking about picking it up. There's the only thing I don't like is the trim because I guess the new style is having the rounded corners, but yeah, no, I like those rounded corners. You and Tom Hardy, bro. Yeah. You get, listen, you guys, what's up? You guys had, uh, um, uh, John Mylan on, right? Did you guys Ooh. have John Mylan on here? He's from origin USA. No, we had, uh, we had Brian. Brian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. John Mylan is his coworker, Brian's coworker is a is a good buddy of mine he actually kind of looks like sean a beard and size and everything else he's a brown belt but uh yeah, yeah. like i don't have any sponsorships or anything but like hands down like i'm gonna plug origin usa like 
Oh, dude, crazy, man. I love the best. I I plug them all the time. Like, uh, shout out to Brian. Like Brian uh, is super. Shout out to John and Pete and all those guys. Yeah. They listen, they, they're the rip in USA. They got my respect. They'll always get my support for sure. So I have a tattoo of uh, Paul Bunyan on my ribs. He's, he's wearing a origin gi. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. True story. Tag him. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely do that. I just, uh, I'm not going to get naked on uh, yeah, yeah, don't. public TV. So that's not going to happen. But no, it's, uh, no, I really believe in those guys. So funny story, like Origins Factory is 20 minutes from my mom's best friend's house growing up. So yeah. like Farmington, Maine was literally like 20 minutes e- uh, twenty minutes west on Route 2 and boom, like you dr- I've, I've driven past that factory. And so uh, that's awesome. 20, 2017, I, I was back home. My my dad was fighting um, some cancer and he's, he's good to go now, but um, he was living um, in that area of Southern Maine at the time. And I took two weeks off of work out here and went out and um, just went over to origin and talked to Brian actually. It was like, Hey man, I want to do a tour and Pete and this and that. So anyway, it all comes back to origin tattooing and in yeah, yeah. jujitsu. So John Milan's dad went to Lakewood high school, which is, uh, town I used to live in just south of me about 20 minutes oh nice so in Colorado so that's cool man yeah origin origin is is good people man and they put out some solid products I wish I could buy their boots they got $300 boots but I ain't got money for boots but I would definitely yeah, pick I don't, I don't wear boots it's, it's, it's either flip-flops or, or boots for you I know it's, it's either skate it's either skateboard shoes actually you know what though I did buy those so those uh minimalist shoes Mm-hmm. The Wittens from on Amazon, they're 35 bucks. They are awesome to work out. Are you talking about the, the finger, the finger? Toe no, shoes? They, they look like the, the finger yeah. or the toe, the toe shoes, mm-hmm. but they are not. Okay. They don't, I, I, I find that whole idea of putting my toes into an individual slots as something mm-hmm. weird. So I would never buy those. Have you ever tried those shoes? No, I, I it, it freaks me I out. I bought them yeah. like I bought them years and years ago. They're not bad. Like the whole, they're made for running. A little bit of bullshit, but yeah, they're they're awkward. They weren't too bad. Um, all right, so let's go on to the next one. Gordon Ryan semi called out Rafael Lovato Jr. It was mean semi. He very respectfully called out Lovato Jr. saying that uh, because Flow Grappling recently put out the top, or I guess they're looking for the uh, GOAT American grappler, and Lovato's number one, Gordon's ranked number two. He's like, yeah, Lovato has been focusing on MMA and Gi, but if he ever decides to come back to Nogi, I would love to have my shot at him. And Lovato quickly replied, it's like, I'll, I accept your res- respectful challenge. Like, let's do it, mm-hmm. bro. Rafael Lovato Jr. against Gordon Ryan? What do you think? Oh my God. Um, well, I know this. I know Cyborg beat Lovato Jr. at Substars. After like a 30, 45 minute match. It had, and it went down to, to points. But it's like first one to get a point wins. I'd, I'd have to go with Gordon because he's, he's, he's proven. I mean, no disrespect to, to Lovato Jr., man. He's one of the greatest ever, period. Um, but, uh, you know, he didn't, he, Lovato Jr. left, left for MMA, whereas yeah. Gordon has proven since day one, like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to, 
you know, he Gordon's interesting because he's he's like the nicest guy in the world, but he's he's a majestically beautiful like shit talker. Like, have you ever just fucking looked at his Instagram or his yeah. whatever else? It's it's like I don't have enough hours in the day to to do what he does, but like he's he's proven like, hey, I'm gonna be just grappling and I'm gonna make it um, I'm gonna make it my my money maker and and he's he's done it. He's you know. listen. He is a very successful man. He's super. I'm not taken away from Lovato. But oh, no, no, believe by, me. By no means. Okay. No, by no means. Lovato is is a legend. Uh, I mean, he's a living legend of the sport, and he's still oh, yeah. at it for sure. Nicest no dude, joke. man. Yeah, and he's no- and well. Here, here's the thing. You know how it's. You know how there is. Is, is Gordon wasn't disrespectful to him. Yes. Right. Gordon went ahead and did it the respectful way. So it's sure. you know there there's obviously. Lovato has earned that respect, especially from the guy. And and again, I fully believe that Gordon Ryan is the top grappler on the planet. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, you you, right you can't you can't deny it. Mm. So he doesn't have to be respectful to anybody. So sure. switching, uh, going with rather uh, the talk about switching to MMA. Mm. Uh, Bushesha's first MMA fight opponent has been announced. Have you seen this? Yes. No, I haven't. I, I, I mean, I saw the Bouchesha, um jump to, to one. I think it is uh, yeah. one, yep. one fight sports or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah um, but, so check this out. So the guy that okay. gave him is uh, Umar Kane, okay. and he's about he's a Senegal Senegalese okay. wrestler, MMA fighter. He's one and zero. He's only had okay. one fight. And to be fair, the guy he fought was shit. Was absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, and had shitty striking, a little bit of jujitsu. Sure. But the guy is so strong. He was caught in a Kimura once, got out. The second time the guy got him in a Kimura, he literally stood up and slammed him while he was getting Kimura. Like, if you look wow. at the photos, this guy is an absolute beast. So, striking wise, I think they're on the same level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I've seen, I've seen Bushesha. His striking is not as. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. This guy's yeah, yeah. the Omar Kane's striking is absolute garbage. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's shit. It's absolute shit. I'm sorry. I don't care if he could wrestle the shit out of me. Like sure. the guy's like striking is absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't. But he knocked he, he knocked that dude silly when he connected because yeah. he's strong as shit. Yeah, right. you're 275 pounds of pure masculine like muscle like genetically like just descendant freak, of like freak, freak strength yeah yeah the guy <clears throat> is just a beautiful beast of a man there but yeah i mean like if you're striking sucks yeah you're gonna connect i mean that's anybody sure. you know sure so it's i i haven't seen how much bushes striking has improved i know it's gotten a little better somehow mm-hmm. but that's gonna be a fight to watch like check out the the instagram i posted the photo of the guy Okay, um, yeah. still be up, but it's pretty nutty. Um, mm-hmm. so let's see, let's take pre pre-information bets or wagers, not money. Who do you think is gonna win that match? Bushesha. Easy. Bushesha is gonna win that match. Easy. Go for Bushesha? Bushesha. What comes to mind is um is uh Francis Nganu when he came into the UFC. Right. There was all this hype of, oh, he's a freak strength athlete and this and that, which it, there's no doubt. But, I mean, Alistair and uh, Stipe and, like, I mean, all these big-time opponents, like, 
I mean, I mean, he did knock the shit out of it, like of uh, of Alistair Overing. Sure, Gano, like like he took his soul out temporarily. For sure. sure, but but then Stipe what beat him, um, and then he, he disappeared for a while and then came back. Mad respect to both of those guys. I mean, Stipe is one of my favorites, like in heavyweight, anyway. Yeah, no, it's it should be good. So it should be it should be a pretty dope fight. Sure. Uh, you know, Mike, I was thinking. Hmm. We have people listening, obviously from all walks of life. If yeah. you and I, I've spoken to different like. Um, I guess you say like Paralympic or or uh, yeah, para athletes, para athletes. Sure. Um, obviously through through the podcast, like Instagram channel and stuff like that. Yeah. What would your piece of advice be to whether it's to like the younger guys or like girls that are looking to start like training jujitsu or martial mm-hmm. arts or something like that, or even just from your experience of you know what you went through, like it what would your advice be to them? That's a deep question. Um, I would say use whatever pain that you felt as fuel and realize you're, you're stronger. You're, you're a superhero and you just don't know it yet. Use whatever hardship you have as fuel for positivity. I mean, I haven't even gotten into the medical side of it, man. I've had 30 procedures, like 30 procedures, like, like damn near 10 years of, of literally like just, oh man, in five weeks time, six weeks time, I got to go back into the knife, back into the knife, back into the knife, like that physical pain aside, you know what that does to your mind? It fucks you up. But uh, I would tell these, these young, young people, old people, whomever impairments, um, just do something that you love and I hope that it has some hardship, some difficulty to it. Um, find something that's going to evolve with the challenge, but it's going like, to keep you intrigued, keep you interested. Like we, we have sort of a sick sense of humor in this community, right? But like, you know, I, the first thing I do when I walk down the street, if I see somebody with cauliflower ears, male or female, I'm going up to them and like shaking their hand and be like, Hey, how are you? But like to people who don't do what we do, they're like, what's wrong with you? Like that, look at his ears. You know what I mean? Like it's it, but it's uh it's a badge of honor and courage. And it's, it, it's like the, the most obvious example of they've been through what we've been through or what we are going through. Um, and that's like a, badge of pride i i should say does that answer that question yeah, uh, for sure i mean that's, I, that's I def- a it's a great answer to that question yeah, it's okay. it's one of those things that you know all competition rivalries whatever like aside sure. like at the end of the day i think deep down we all know that we're in a on a a, a niche club in a niche group of people that mm-hmm. are either stupid enough or crazy enough to sit there and put ourselves through through a certain amount of pain and Mm -hmm. achieve a different type of you know some get some kind of mental clarity like physical clarity out of it Mm -hmm. we're willing to to test out a certain part that a lot of people can't can't understand unless you you know usually the first boundary people have to deal with is the proximity factor the fact that okay. you're rubbing up against somebody else sweaty, you smell sure. like 
breath or you smell like whether or not they had a shower or something. And mm -hmm. that automatically is the biggest hurdle for, for the beginning for everybody. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the aspect of like Sean said, it's anytime you tap, that is you acknowledging the fact that if you had not tap you'd be dead if this had been a real life situation you'd be dead and you're conceding that fact that's a huge ego crush that's a mind fuck and there's a lot of people that might be even black belts that still haven't gotten over that hurdle but, but the thing is the thing is like when you i'm gonna just make a blanket statement here but when you're already fucked up physically you don't have an ego when you step on the mat yeah. The only thing you have is panic from the clo close proximity, from the holy crap, I don't know a goddamn thing. I'm getting choked. I'm getting pretzels. Like, what? what is going on? Um, um, but uh, yeah, like, that's something I would impart to people, um, kids. Uh, one of my dreams down the road is, is like, um, I want to take kids with impairments or take kids that were bullied or whatever, and just like show them the beauty that is jujitsu, but also empower them to make them realize that if you're taught correctly by the right team of people, you can take any giant down you want to. Have you ever met? Uh, I'm saying this is a blue belt, man. Like, no, like, no, no, listen, but yeah. I, you see, you might be a blue belt technically in jujitsu, but mm -hmm. in dealing with the stuff that you have to deal with in life up to this point, you're a black belt. There's yeah. things that you are, you know, it's everyday life for you that mm -hmm. I can't even possibly fathom or even think that I could mentally deal with that. It's easy yeah. to say like, oh yeah, well, I could deal with this. No, man, like I, you got 35 years on me. 33 years on me on like the fact that it's like, this is your everyday life. So yeah, and for me, there's, there's, I, the, again, the, the belt doesn't mean shit to me because the challenges that you have to deal with the, the mentality of it is what interests me more than whatever the fuck, you know, about jujitsu, whether you yeah. know how to do an omoplata perfect or not, I don't really give a shit. Like no, no disrespect, but it's, yeah. it's really the fact that True. your mentality of what it takes you to even get onto the mat is what I'm interested in. Because that's mm -hmm. the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge is just showing up. Dude, I've had, I've had people in the uh, special operations community and, and uh, you know, I've, I've had people like Dean Lister. And uh, so, so for, long story short, um, one of Dean Lister's black belts is, uh, is my boss at work. And like to see people at the top of the food chain, both in the, the military, uh, police, emergency responder community, like tell me I'm a badass, like, to, to have something like of Dean's caliber to say like, Hey man, you're an inspiration or like you guys even like, damn, like I'm just a guy trying to be a badass, but, but it's like a weird identity crisis because I'm a little old blue belt, but I'm garnering the respect of you guys. And like, you know, the, the top of the food chain and food chain and jujitsu and in life and stuff, it's, it's humbling. You know, I, I, if I can inspire somebody to do this sport every day or, or get up and go challenge themselves then then cool, you know, but I don't do this, to inspire. If I'm an inspiration as a result of my actions, awesome. That's great. But I didn't get into the sport to, to um, I'm just, I'm just me living my life. Yeah. No impairment or not. Yeah, no, man, listen, I, I appreciate you taking the time and reaching out to us and, and wanting to spread the message. I, I think it's one of those things that, you know, there's, there's so many different personalities. And mm -hmm. like I said, like there's, everyone's in their own universe. Like everyone lives their own storyline. So sure to be able to hear something that's not commonly spoken about as far as, you know, mm -hmm. what people have to deal with. For me, that's huge. 
I, I think there's, especially with everything that's going on now, I, I think it's very easy to forget the, the challenges that everybody have to deal with anyway, before all this stuff, there's people sure. that have way more challenges than even you. you oh, know? Yeah. So it's like, it, it helps put things into perspective, sure. you know, and to sit there and anytime someone says like, Oh man, my life is so difficult. Like, is it really, is it really yeah. that fucking difficult? Cause I yeah. know somebody that's got to deal with way more shit by the time they have to go get their coffee than you do your entire week. You know, did I see something that you posted recently that, one of your guys' coaches is working with Kamaro Usman and Justin yeah. Gagey. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's my coach. That's uh, Professor George Santiago. Okay, so funny story. Um, Gagey and um, Trevor Whitman are like just down the road for me. Yeah, like 10, 20 minutes, and I'm actually trying to. I'm on a waiting list, but we're going to get together, and um, they're going to make me two different uh, glove mitt type things to help me. Oh yeah, he he um, makes those. I've heard, I've heard Trevor Whitman yeah. makes makes boxing yeah. gloves like they just decided to start it one day yeah and and um uh i use a, a neck trainer to train my neck um it's the neck flex pro yeah um uh, i've got and then there's something called a grappito it looks like a, just a metal torpedo that you twist that's yeah. a great product to help grip and yeah, neil Millinson um, like touts it all the time yeah, Neil's my boy, man. He, I met him. So one of my former coaches, Scott Miller, is a black belt uh, locally at Factory X, um, where Anthony Smith trains yeah. uh, when he's doing a fight. But uh, I, I met Neil, and he has uh, some sort of condition where one of his eyes is blind or mm. something like that, but uh, an autoimmune disease, if I recall. Mm. But he and I are, are homies because of this impairment world. Like he, you know, to have a guy of his caliber to work with like Randy Couture and, and Cheryl Sonnen and, and you name it. I mean, to have a guy of that, of the highest level be like, Hey man, you're an inspiration. Like you keep me going. Like that's so humbling. If you've ever seen Neil face to face, the guy's like six, five, like two eighty, but looks yeah, like he used, to, he used to train with us or we used to train with him he, at, the, okay. at the gym. He, tra he trained the the fighters at the black zillions. So we'd have like, I'd get to watch him like coach all the time and stuff like that. He's a, yeah. one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's a genuine human being, man. And he's, he's just like a total gun. Nut. Yeah. Well that too, but <laughs> I don't mean to, to get a little bit down here, but um you know, a lot of this stuff is emotionally challenging. Like I have weeks where I'm just, you know, we're, we are our own worst enemy. I find at times like that. And that's something I'm actually still trying to learn. I, I don't know if you guys could impart some wisdom here, but um, you know, I've had, when I've consistently trained or even when I'm not like, I'm super happy and, and great, no matter how badly I've been beat up on the mat, but I have had that difficulty of transitioning that, um, wonderful empowerment feeling from the matter from the gym to life at times and this 2020 has just kicked me in the teeth man when you have like two breaks of the same finger in 14 months and then you're not training at all like you've you you've left your community you've you've lost the training regimen the the the, the focus the the goal of the day the week whatever like i lost my identity once that re-injury happened and it you know i'm slowly you know it's going to be a new year and we're going to crush it. But like, have you guys had challenges like that, like throughout life where, where you have injury or, or financial ruin yeah. or, or something that just kicks you in the teeth and you're like, how is it I can go to the mat and be super happy and excited and, and on top of the world. But as soon as I leave or before I get there, it's a totally different um, 
Well, totally different person. I'll let Sean go first. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I, uh, over a couple of years ago, I had a very successful business and it just, um, through regulation, it, it just, and having to, uh, deal with the government, I, uh, it just, it all just dried up in a matter of like weeks. Yeah. We went, I went from, our company went from making anywhere between 30 and 90 grand a month to making zero. And we became persona non grata and dealing with that was not easy. Sure. Uh, but I, the thing is, this is, I had the gym uh, for, you know, I, I, you know, I had, you know, I had to teach my classes and, and, and I was always in a good mood because I always had jujitsu in my life. So I realized how hard it is not having jujitsu in your life. And, and, and sure. we all deal with it. That's why we all train hurt. That's the, that's, there's a problem with jujitsu guys is we will, what we, what most of us need is a good month off. Sure. Most of us need a solid month, maybe more, maybe sometimes up to three months. Right. But you'll be hard pressed to find a jujitsu guy that'll take that much time off because they don't want to stay away from something that gives them so much happiness. Sure. Uh, One of one of our, one of my former students, I uh, moved to uh, Inglewood, Colorado, mm-hmm. and he's up there now. He trains. I forget what school it is. What's um, his name? His name is Colin. Okay. Colin Bradley. Okay. Man, he went through a lot. He was a big, big dude. Yeah, he lost a lot of weight at one. Like he, he, okay. um, but it. <clears throat> he went through this at his school. It, it, it's he's with the ele- his school is tied with Elevation Fight Team. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, he, he did what a lot of people did. He matted his garage up and, and had a few key training partners come over and, and, and train in his garage. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that was, that's how he stayed sane over mm-hmm. the, this nine month experience or sure. we're going through. And for me, like, there's been plenty of times where I had to take like a lot of time off of jujitsu because of injuries and whether like, even now, like I have a, like my rib was cracked the last month, month and a half. Cause I just trained 10 minutes with uh, rumble Johnson, you know, like I tried to train, Mm -hmm. I'd go and train like light here and there, but I knew that I needed to take the time off. Like, and the problem is, is that jujitsu is addicting and there's an addiction that it comes in from like different aspect of it. It's a physical thing. It's a mental thing. But when you've gone through so much emotional or physical issues, and then you found that you finally find that click where you find that connection where it's like, Oh, these are my people. This is the place that even regardless of what's going on with me or, you know, whatever's happening in this physical form or mentally, like, Mm -hmm. I feel at home here, like I'm accepted here. That's a different addiction to have. And it's Mm -hmm. one of those things that as much as we love jujitsu, we got to understand jujitsu isn't who I am. It's a part of who I am. Yeah. And I've dealt with, um, with depression a lot in my life because coming here, like from another country, didn't speak the language. I didn't have friends all throughout middle school. And where were you from? If I may ask Italy. Okay, cool. Yeah. I moved here from Italy when I, when I was seven, um, 
and we moved to Colorado, funny enough, I <laughs> we moved to Denver and from Denver down to here, but I didn't speak the language. I didn't speak the language for like a year. You know, it mm -hmm. took me a while and I, I never had any friends. I like, I wasn't allowed to, man, my parents wouldn't even allow me to watch the Simpsons. I wasn't allowed to play video games. I wasn't allowed to go outside. Um, you know, there's, there's tons of stuff that it was, and it wasn't my parents being overbearing, but it was just, they were being super overprotective of sure. everything that was going on. So that yeah. fucked me up a lot in life. It took me a long time to build social skills, to build, like, I wasn't even allowed to play sports. Like I had a heart murmur for my entire life. Like even now I technically shouldn't be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing. Cause like it never, it never fully closed. And I had a brother that died before I was born because of the same thing. So for me, like every, every once in a while, maybe every few months, I'll go into like a deep depression and stuff like that. And I've dealt with at one point in my life, I was a, a depressed for an entire year. Like yeah. I, nobody knew where I was at every weekend I would leave. Like no one would know where I was going. I would just disappear. Sure. And I learned something really honest and hard that no matter what it is that you're going through, it doesn't matter how low you feel, how depressed you are. The world doesn't give a shit. The world is going to keep on turning. The world is going to keep on moving regardless of whether you're happy, sad, whatever. No one gives a fuck. Your friends are going to care about you, but the world isn't going to stop because you, you are not feeling good. Right. So right. you can have your cry. You can have your down day. Like, you know, you get your five minutes, whatever it is, but it's. Make it that, make it just that day. It's not even just minutes. those yeah. five minutes. It's not even making that that day. Accept the feelings. Understand why you're feeling that way. Look at it. Why is it doing this? Why mm -hmm. is it doing that? Does me feeling this way change absolutely anything? Fucking no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Then, right. Like I had to understand what was going on. And then you come up to the, the, I heard this great phrase and it's chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water. Doesn't matter mm -hmm. whatever the fuck is going on. If you have a goal, you're going to keep going. Like yeah. when I was trying to get into the music industry, no friends. I kept working. I kept working. I studied, I trained, I did whatever. I just kept going and going and going and going like, <laughs> And you don't see it. You don't see the, 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 the footsteps that you're planting. You're just putting it down. You're going to get it and go put it down. And then one day you start working your way out of it. Start working right out of it. That's why I say the hardest part is showing up. Oh, the yeah. The hardest part is showing up. So I can't give you any advice because you have a different experience than me. All I can tell you is it's there. It's there. It, sure. it sucks. It sucks. If you can't train for a couple of days, it is what it is, you know, like, but you can still st like trains by studying. I got, yeah. I train more by getting to go and film these guys like JT Gordon and all, and just sitting mm -hmm. there. I learned more about jujitsu for the year that I sat there and did filming every weekend. than I did like going to, to train four hours a night for a, for a year. I just mm -hmm. did you study, but the depression that kicks in because we all have different like difficulties that we have to deal with. Sean knows how many times, like I'll be going to train for three months straight. No problem. I want to get ready for a tournament. And it's always something comes up the last month. Shit happens. I get injured. I get into a car accident. I get this, that, and the other, like True. Man, you, you go through, like I can make the decision to go train and go compete. <clears throat> it is. I could do it. I want to just take it easier on myself. True. But, the fact that you mentally have to sit there and just show up, just show up. Yep. The hardest part is just show up. It doesn't matter. You feel sad, fucking show up. You're so yeah. show up, do yeah. what you can that day. Like you got yeah. hurt. That's cool. You know what? Like 
I would I would show up with like a cast. When I broke this hand, I'd show up with a cast. I guess what? I'm not using it. Just show yeah. up. Do what you can. Do the drills. Leave the rolling for later. But man, just fucking show up because you just you day. just by the way you just reminded me of Goodfellas. Yeah. I can't make the I can't pay the rent. Fuck you, pay me. I can't. <laughs> no, I, I, the reason I, I I even put that out there um, is because, like, yeah, you guys are are interviewing me and wanting to get to know me, but like, I figured, you know what? Like, this is a safe enough community uh, of jujitsu and and life that like, it's good to know that things like routine. Like, I have a dog and a cat. I don't have children, um, and and when I was at, you know the lowest of the low, like what I looked forward to was getting up and feeding the dog in the morning or, or, you know, taking the dog out at night. And I still do, you know, and like, it's, it's funny how simple activities like that can um, really like, yeah, kind of knock you back into a, a positive mindset. Like, Hey, I, I may not be all there for me right now, but I, I have to take care of the dog and I got to take care of the cat. And you know, what's um, funny. I got to do I, the laundry, whatever. I learned that lesson from my dog. Because when I went through like a really, really big depression and like I said, I was, I mean, man, I was, it was hands down the darkest time I've ever been in my life. And sure. it wasn't that long ago, but every time that I would come home, my dog didn't care. My dog didn't care. It didn't care. She, she would always say hi to me. Even if you go and you yell at her because she peed like in the back hall or something mm -hmm. like that, she still comes back 10 minutes later. She's happy. She doesn't, they don't care. It doesn't matter to them. I've I watched the dog one day, and this was the saddest thing ever. This there was a a man in a wheelchair, but you could tell like he had some issues, and he had a dog, he that he did not care for. The dog had a broken leg. The dog had a broken leg, and like if this was its paw, the leg was broken here, and the dog was still walking on that stub of broken bone. Didn't complain. It wasn't yelping. It's just like I got to keep moving forward. Yep. They, they don't have that quit. They don't have that quit. So it's like, man, if we learn anything from this year is that at any point in time, regardless of how you fucking feel, this can all go. This can yeah. all go. Nothing is promised. The sun isn't going to rise tomorrow just because you want it to. Yeah. It might, it might not. You don't fucking know if we're going to get hit yeah. by, by a fucking comet. So why, why, why would you stop it? Just because you're sad because you feel something chemically sure. inside you that makes yep. you feel sad, whether yep. you lost a good friend or this, no, man, just show up. Cause tomorrow is not promised to you. You're not going to have it. Part of the, um, part of the physical, um, surgeries I've endured is, is, um, messed up toes mm -hmm. through cerebral palsy and, and they'll like curl on each other. And, and that causes like hot spots and calluses and things. And like, people would say like, man, you know, I'd go to the clinic and I get taped up or bandaged or whatever. They're like, man, this is really bad. Like, like I'm surprised you're not complaining. I'm like, I put up and shut up, man. You got to get up. You got to go to work. You got to do your thing. You got to go come home. Like, you know, the, the, the biggest thing I would also tell people with impairments is like, learn to put some armor on sometimes mm -hmm. emotionally being like, you've got to get through this. Like, like you're saying, you know what I mean? Like nobody gives a shit about whatever sadness you have or whatever physical pain you have, but you need to just put that in the back of your mind. And like, that's like, like David Goggins is, it comes to mind when I'm talking about this, like the guy's been through crazy physical pain and people are like, how do you do that? He's like, I just fucking, just fucking go, man. Like he's as bare bones and basic to it. You know what I mean? It's like, he just does it. Like, Oh, yeah. I'm going to lose 150 pounds. All right. But you have to flip that switch. And I think that's what jujitsu teaches us despite all the shit going on in our lives and in yours and wherever, 
in the world like when you're when you're just in the the fight literally when you when you're trying not to get choked out for your life you don't have time to worry about yeah. how sad you are <laughs> or or the bills or, or the relationships that go, that's going to hell or, or yeah, whatever yeah. it is you can deal with it after right now you sure. gotta deal with the now so like 100 percent. that's what i said. i i can't give sure. you the advice i can tell you from my experience but at the end of the day the only thing that we have in common is Nobody gives a shit. Like we care because we're friends. I care that, sure. that you're doing well, that I care that you keep on training for sure. Absolutely. We have a different brotherhood because of, of what we have in here as jujitsu. And I yeah. care about you as a human being. Sure. But absolutely. Not everybody, not everybody sit there and stop. Like some, some people wouldn't even bother to spit on you if you were on fire. Yeah. So what the fuck am I going to That would be, that would just be a waste of time though. I mean, sure. You'd have to pee on them if you wanted to get any of the flames out. I mean, if you want, you spitting it. isn't going to give you a lot of coverage on a, on somebody on fire. Just yeah. Oh shit! I just realized what time it was too, man. Oh damn! Um, listen, Mike. Yeah. I I really from the bottom of my heart, I really thank you for for reaching out to us and and wanting to be on on the podcast. And mm -hmm. if there's any message that you want to <clears throat> to send out to the people, like uh. The floor is open, man. I'd love to hear like what you have. I, I'd, I'd say a couple of things. One, get training. Just start. Just do something. I don't care if it's jujitsu. I don't care, you know, if you have an impairment or not. Just get do something that betters you. As my buddy Alan says, one percent get one percent better every single day, and prove them wrong. For all the people with impairments and disabilities and shits really kicked you in life, like get up and prove them wrong. Don't stop. Don't stop. We're all, you know, like you said earlier, we don't know if this is like, I could die in 10 minutes. Like, I don't know. I mean, you have to make every, every minute that you're awake and above ground, make it a good day. Do the best you can, whatever it is. Brush your teeth the best you can. Wash your car the best you can. Fold your clothes. Do the laundry. Like, just try to live your life to the max every single moment you have. That's what I would say. That's awesome, man. No. 100%. Amen to that, bro. Yeah. Um, all right, brother. Well, again, thank you. Thank you very much for being on here. It was a blast, man. It'll definitely. Uh, I know you guys for having me. Schedule, like you like you said. So hopefully we'll get to do this again uh, real soon. And uh, I'm curious sure. to hear uh, when you get to start training again and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, it's Pluto.Mike. It's real simple. Yeah, we'll tag. Um, make sure you guys um, check out the description of the podcast, whether it's on YouTube cool. or iTunes, Spotify, whatever. We'll have Mike's information on there as well. So you guys can always check him out on there and uh, give him a follow. Holler at your boy. Let him know what's up. All right, brother. Well, we'll let you go. Okay. Thank you very much for doing this, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'll catch you on. I'll shoot you a message later on, brother. All right, guys. Thanks, Sean. Thanks a lot, yeah, Mike. Have a good night, brother. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah. I got deep really good, man. That's um, that's something that's funny that we always talk about. We never really get a chance to to dig in deep with other people's, like, point of views. It's easy to have, you know, just people that we train with or people that we know that are world champions and stuff. Like, obviously, there's challenges to that. But to see, to speak to someone with a, a completely different point of view that has some challenges just off the mat and have to bring them onto the mat, that's that's pretty... Well, it makes you realize that everybody's going through their everybody's going through their own struggles, their own battles, and we should keep that in mind no matter what, yeah. you know. And we don't know, you know. Mike's may be visual, but 
there's a ton doesn't of make- yeah there's a ton of like emotional stuff in the background mental that you'll never ever see you'll never know so it's like we should we should always treat people with that same respect you know with that same respect is look you could be going through something so i'm not gonna you know take out my aggression or my anger on you it's yeah you know or- that's always like my biggest pet peeve when people like are having a shitty day and they take it out on somebody else and you go i'm sorry i'm just having a shitty day i don't give a fuck doesn't give you the right to to take it out on me keep that in mind i might be having a shit day too we're, we're here together in this shitty shitty situation like yeah, very rarely do i do will anybody know if i had a shit day well evidently that guy whose car you pounded on oh <laughs> dude sat through two revelations revolutions of a of a red light on a turn lane oh it was on the turn lane i was gonna ask how come you didn't just go around them we were in a turn lane and i'm in downtown delray i wasn't gonna take that chance that's true smart yeah there's too many cops down there so so what do they say when you knocked on the window were they on the dude dude was like this he was like the whack 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 there is a red light now. It was green. You missed it twice. Pay attention. Walked away. And you know me, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If You're- I was, but you know, here's the thing. If we didn't have the podcast, like if I didn't have something to do, I would have been fine. But like I was rushing, I had my dog and I smelled poo and it really wasn't Ooh. poo. It was just a fart. <laughs> so like the other day i was like i went that? to the pattern i'm like hey and then i just see her like mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like crib one from me like you bitch yeah so uh, like i was just I, I was just like oh what the hell you gotta be careful with that shit man like for all you know that person had a gun and the second you walked up you would have freaked out and blasted you oh i had mine yeah well <laughs> they're gonna I have got- a faster reaction time they're bored to pull the nice man man so uh so yeah, you got your fight to win coming up. Yep. Jay Z is gonna corner you. That's awesome. So technically, I'm coming in as your coach, even though I'm not gonna be coaching you. We're gonna you be. You can be my guest. I'll, you'll be my guest. It's yeah. it's it's one coach and one guest. You can be my guest. I'll be your I'll be your hype man. Be our guest. Be right. our guest. My books. If you uh, know who the who plays that character, Lumiere. Yeah. I have no idea who plays Lenny Lumiere. Briscoe from Law and Order did the voice for Lumiere. Who? The guy that played Lenny Briscoe. The older I don't know. Who, yes. I don't know who that you was. Watch Law and Order. Yeah, but I wouldn't know him by name. I don't know his like actual actor, like his actual name. I just know his show name. No, but I don't know who he was on the show. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Well, I'll send you a photo. He was the man. He died only a few years ago. Um. So yeah. So Sean's got a, a fight to win match with Justin. Uh, what's Justin's last name? forget brunette brunette with justin brunette uh january 16th january 16th a lot of guys on that on that 16th me jay-z calvin got on oh really uh yeah <laughs> calvin got on puga um just yeah. a lot a lot of local guys are yeah. getting on uh where's the where's it gonna be at uh miami i'm off of brickle somewhere oh <laughs> oh Really? Yep. We got to go all the way down to Brickle to watch your fat ass fucking roll. Well, Calvin too. Jay Z. 
Jay-Z, I've watched Jay-Z plenty of times. Jay-Z doesn't need me at all. You need me. Jay-Z doesn't need me. I don't need nobody. You need me. After I want I need you to document it so we got content for this channel. We didn't uh we didn't actually didn't even get a chance to talk about what happened at uh M, uh Masters. Yeah, we'll save that for another we'll save that for next week. It's a little late there, a little long in the tooth today. What's that? Well, yeah, I I, I am a little you got to realize my days start early. Like you're getting like uh smoker eyes. You're like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, uh, they, they keep, they keep, they keep uh, drying out on me. I'm like, <laughs> all right, man. Well, listen, folks, this is the last episode of 2020. Thank God Thank you so much for all the support this year. I know Sean will, uh, reiterate this message with me we are extremely thankful for every single one of you who have supported the podcast even before 2020 um it's been tough times all around some uh, tougher for some than others um but we just hope that somewhere along the line we were able to to help make you smile laugh enjoy things a little bit more um even if it's at our expense um, we just want to sit there and bring some positivity to the world, to jujitsu, to individuals. That's it. Uh, that's, that's really what it comes down to. So thank you very much for all your support this year. We got uh, a lot of fun stuff planned for 2021. So, uh, let's, uh, let's end, uh, the, the year with a, with a cheers. Huh? You got, let's grab a drink. I guess my, I don't, I don't got no nothing. That's right. Grab, I got grab your water. You got water. I don't have water. I haven't. Well, oh wait. There's a little bit of water in here. No, that's good enough, man. So I got my peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter. What the have hell? You had this yet? Yet? No. Dude, you have to have this it's peanut butter whiskey. I got like I got the, a couple. I got a couple bottles of mead. Yeah, I got that too. You gotta love some mead. So listen. Here's to your health. Here's to to my co-host here. Cheers. Cheers. Can you give me a cheers? Can you ching ching? Can you ching ching? Come on, short arms, switch hands. Other side. Use your right, use your left hand. Cheers. Come on, cheers. There you go. Cheers. See, we're doing it on the same side on mine. So it's like. Uh, Okay, we'll do it on the other one. Like, I think it's just the way you are here. All right. So cheers to you guys. Here's to this year being over with and a new one coming through. And uh, we look forward to uh, to partying on with you. So party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Cheers. Here's to you. Sucking my <laughs> oh, that's good. So, with that being said, don't forget to follow Jiu-Jitsu Radio on Instagram. Follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ. You can follow me at Sonder Marketing. Check out jujitsuradio.com. And as always, please check out our awesome sponsors, Choke Aloha, uh, Giraffe Choke, and Jujitsu Soap Co. Use the promo codes in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or in the uh, podcast description to get your discounts on some of the best gear in Jujitsu, without a doubt. Some of the best soap in general. You don't even need to go to the store at Jujitsu Soap Co. And you always got to rock my my Giraffe Choke gear. So thank you so much to all of our sponsors, to all of you, and we'll catch you guys in 2021. We'll